Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. If you've never been an Audible customer and want to see what they offer, just go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening. It's that easy. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And with this free 30-day trial, you'll have your pick of it all. You can hear books of all genres narrated by Jim Dale, Stephen Fry, Will Patton, Alex Hyde-White, Jeff Brick, Neil Shaw, William Demerit, and even a few by me, George Soroy. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash Excelsior Journeys and start your own 30-day journey with Audible today. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire, and you're listening to the Excelsior Journeys with George Soroy. Prepare to ignite. Is there a burning desire within to share your creativity with the rest of the world? Do you insist on pursuing your passion by any means necessary? Then you are on an Excelsior journey, and you are not alone. Welcome back to Excelsior Journeys. My name is George Soroy. Thank you so much for being here. It has been such a privilege to be able to give you all these episodes so far. We have just passed the last episode that uh, that went up was episode 50. I still can't believe that we've gotten this far. And the all the guests, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on, for allowing me to hear your stories and allowing uh, our listeners to enjoy them and hopefully be just as inspired by them as I have been. And I couldn't think of a better person to have here to start off the next round of 50 episodes. Those of you who know me know that about like five years ago, in August of 2015, I had lost the job that I had. And there was a, there was a period where I was really just kind of very down on myself and wondering what I was going to do, how I was going to provide for myself, my wife, and keep the mortgage paid in our house, what was going to be the next step. And I came across a documentary on Amazon Prime called I Know That Voice. And that spurned a reignition, basically, of my, it, my wish to get involved in voiceover. Uh, the documentary was done by John DiMaggio. Those of you who are Futurama fans know him as the voice of Bender. Uh, he's also done a slew of other great animated projects out there. And watching this documentary really had me wanting to take that plunge. But I had no idea how to do it. So I reached out to Twitter and I said, you know, to anyone who is in the St. Louis area, is there a place where I can go to learn the craft? Because I didn't just want to go in cold. I wanted to actually know what I was doing. And I was suggested by some, it was suggested by someone on Twitter. And I'm not 100% uh, positive that the person who responded is not my guest this week. Um, but but that was uh, but I, I got a very nice uh, recommendation to check out Clayton Studios on Big Ben, and it turns out that Clayton Studios was a place that I knew well because I was always passing it on my way to and from work. And so I reached out to them. I got to speak with uh, one of the managers there, and he gave me a full breakdown of what they offer in their Voiceover St. Louis program. And they gave me the price, and the price was not cheap, but at the same time, it was something that I felt would be doable if I raised the money for it. And so my whole, uh, my whole mythology, basically, like getting into voiceover, was that I raised it through a Kickstarter program. I reached out to all of my fellow authors, and I said, I will narrate a 1,000 words for you for $20 and 500 words for $10. And you can take that MP3 and you can do whatever you want in terms of marketing. And that went over well enough that I was able to get all the money that I needed to do this program. And it was around the time that I did the program, uh, that was when I started getting interviews for a new job. And 
unfortunately, by the time I had gotten that program, by, by the time I had gotten the money for the program, I was informed by the manager over at the studio that, uh, that I was the only one who was reaching out to do that class at that time. So I need to, needed to just tell them like, okay, if there is any sort of way that we can do this, I am getting interviews. I am, things are starting to, st starting to move. So if it's going to happen, it needs to happen now. And thankfully, I, they reached out to the, uh, to the teacher of the program, a gentleman named Jim Singer. And we, he, he said that he would take me on one-on-one. -on -one. And it was such an amazing experience getting to learn directly from him and not have to have, not have to, you know, deal with anyone else. So it was terrific to, you know, learn from him, get behind the microphone and really get myself, get my, get the experience that I really needed to get involved in this craft. And during that time, one of my, one of my friends, a gentleman named David Lucas, he was actually a guest here before as the uh, president of the St. Louis Writers Guild, he was also getting into voiceover and he was working a lot with a voiceover artist named Christina Smith. And as I got to hear about his experiences working with her and getting to know what sort of experience that she has as a voiceover artist, and this is someone who has done has done has logged so many hours behind the microphone doing e-learning, doing animation, doing commercials, doing video games, doing all this promotions, you know, promos, getting all this great, uh, great material out there. All I was thinking was, I need to work with her someday. I definitely need to work with her. And as the show, as this show, Excelsior Journeys, really got underway, I knew that at some point I was going to ask her to be a guest. And here she is today. It is my privilege to introduce to you a voiceover artist who is also uh, nominated for a voice arts award. Um, so I'm really excited to uh, talk with her about that. And also uh, just to really get her whole experience in this wonderful business that we call voiceover. So it is my privilege to introduce to you as we, starting off, as we are starting off the next round of 50 episodes here on Excelsior Journeys. It's my privilege to introduce to you Christina Smith. Christina, how are you? Hey, George. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is fun. I love it. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to make it on here. And this has just been, uh, it's, it's been a real treat being able to put this, sh this whole show together at all. Then um, having someone of your caliber here is uh, really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Oh, you're making me blush. You can't see me, but you know, I am. So I'll be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> Well, um, so I understand that, uh, so um, I did get that right, correct? The Voice Arts Award? The Voice Arts Awards, yes. It's a, it's a program started by Joan Baker and Rudy Gaskins, mm -hmm. um, who are um, voice actors uh, and producers. They produce demos. Uh, but they got together a few years ago, and they created a platform for artists to get together and learn from other voice actors and actors in the business. Mm -hmm. And then there's also an award show that goes along with it. So it's a two-day intensive weekend, and you meet a lot of wonderful people. And I make sure I make a point to go to that every year because there's always a takeaway from it. There's always something new that you didn't know that you mm -hmm. go, wow, that's amazing. I'm going to take that, and I'm going to you know, plow forward with it. So it's well worth investing the time and effort to uh, go to conventions like that. You never know what you're going to come away with. That's fabulous. That is so cool. And, um, and from, I understand that, um, that uh, worlds are definitely colliding here on Excelsior Journeys because it turns out that, you know, one of, uh, one of my guests who was on here a few weeks ago, a gentleman named Fred Malamed. Fred is amazing. Um, you know, he, his track record speaks for himself. Um, mm -hmm. I have never met Fred in person, um, but, you know, I've been connected via Facebook for a while, and mm -hmm. um, he's just an amazing gentleman. So I'm honored to be in the same talking space as Fred. So yeah. thank you for that. Absolutely. And I, I'm just, I was thrilled to know that, you know, that, uh, that you are, um, that you know, that, your, your paths have crossed, you know, like with his, I think that's terrific. And I'm really excited to see what, um, you know, what the future holds in this, in this, in this great business. So, um, so 
let's start, let's go back to the very beginning of, of it all. Because for, you know, there's always, there always seems to be like that sort of what I call the lightning bolt moment. The moment that, uh, that made you turn in the direction of what it is that you are and say, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. That's the sort of world I want to be in. Uh, yeah. What was it for you with voiceover? So uh, you and I talked many times before this, and I told you the word to describe myself as a geek. Mm -hmm. I am. I own it. I admit it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a geek. Why do you think we're friends? <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up with three older brothers, and I kind of had to be, right? So um, I attribute it, I always say, it was in the water. It was in the water on my street. And why do I mm -hmm. say that? Because both myself and my brother – you know, mm -hmm. my brother went on to be a successful animator for the Walt Disney Studios, and he worked no for Steven kidding. Spielberg. Yeah, he worked for oh. Steven Spielberg. He worked for Ron Howard um, as, an, as an animator. Um, my dad was a very creative individual, but he never was able to take that creativity and go outside and use it. He mm -hmm. always had it. It was part of us and part of our family. But my dad was the kind of person that he was a factory worker. He believed in you. You have to put your nose to the grindstone and you have to work hard. He held two and three and four jobs sometimes to put mm. food on the table. But there was always that creative element. So between mm -hmm. myself being a voice artist and my brother being an animator, three houses down from me and I don't know if you know of her know her but if I it, it, by saying her name but if you look her up you'll know who I'm talking about three houses mm -hmm. up from us or maybe four her Nikki Boyer um who is an actress um that name that, sounds really familiar yeah yeah she started in the channel 11 kids club and then she oh, became wow. uh, then she started to work from channel 11 she got on the tv guide channel um so she's made she's established herself in Los Angeles and she was my neighbor. And then around the corner wow. from us were two other gentlemen uh, with the last name of Chaika. And both of them were identical twins and they both became animators. So we always laugh and we're like, it was in the water. It was in the, in the water on our street in South St. Louis where we grew up. It's <laughs> like, we were all drinking the same Kool-Aid. We all got there into go. the creative world, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, as far as that lightning bolt moment, I'd have to say thank you to my brother who is the animator. Because, um, you know, having three brothers, you kind of be and being the only girl at the time, I do have a younger sister now, but for a while I was the only girl and I had to keep up and I had to like, you know, learn about the different shows that they were watching, like Battlestar Galactica and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, oh gosh, Space 1999, I'm dating myself. Yep. I'm only 20. <laughs> I wish, right? Yeah. Um, we all but, do. I mean, we all do. <laughs> but you know, all these things were on TV, and I so I had to keep up with my brothers and and whatnot. But um, when my brother said his journey, I guess I have to tie it in. So his journey was he wanted to do the drawing. He wanted to do figure drawing, and then he went from figure drawing to working for Boeing. He designed mm -hmm. aircraft. And wow. he had a very great job working for Boeing and designing airplanes. But there was always something in him that said, you know what? I want to see if I can do animation. I want to see if I can get in there and draw these animated figures that I see in movies. Um, mm -hmm. And if I don't go out to California and I don't try, I'll never know. And I don't want to live with that regret. Yeah. So my brother went out to California and he studied at a school called the California Institute of the Arts. And oh, wow. he, every single dime that he saved up, because like I said, my dad believed hard work. You, if you want it, you have to make it happen for yourself. He instilled mm -hmm. in that, that in us and that's what we had to do. So, um, you know, he's like, as soon as you turn 15, you're getting a job, get the work permit, get a job. So nice. my brother took every ounce of money that he had made went invested in it in California Institute of the Arts, mm -hmm. learned in a program out there to become an animator. He worked in California for a while, but then he moved to Florida. And we as a family always loved to go to Florida. When we could afford it and we could mm -hmm. go to Florida, we would because my dad was on a military base in Pensacola, Florida for many, many years. He was in the Navy. Oh. 
and we would go down there and you know he would show us where he used to where he used to go and the different things he used to do and we look forward to that every year then my brother ends up going to work down there as part of the disney animation crew and we Mm -hmm. go to visit him and we're we're getting the behind the scenes tour of the inner workings of not only disney world i mean how exciting is that but Mm -hmm. also that I get to see my brother work on a movie that's eventually in three or four years going to be on the big screen. I mean, that, that just gave me the chills, you Mm -hmm. know, just being in that same space. And what people didn't realize at the time was that there was the onstage version of the animation studio and Mm -hmm. the animators would always laugh because you could go and see the animators behind glass like you were going to the zoo to visit the penguins. Right. <laughs> you just knocked on the glass. The animators would put a sign on the window that said, don't feed the animators, they bite, you know, or something <laughs> silly along those lines. But that was just for show, right? There, yes, they were doing a little work, but the real workings was behind the scenes. So we right. walk in, and the first thing I see when we come through these doors is a, um, one of the ride cars from Dumbo. Uh, from oh. the flying ele- elephant and that was right mm-hmm. in the lobby of this animation building and I was already blown away I'm like oh my god there's a car from a ride that I grew up you know you know dreaming of riding oh my goodness then you go down <laughs> this one hallway and there were all these pictures of all these different animated characters and I'm like oh my gosh you know I'm I'm just getting more and more excited so we're getting the tour the bottom floor middle floor there was a couple doors where we couldn't go behind because there were proprietary secrets there. But then mm-hmm. we get up to the uppermost floor and my brother just breezes past the doorway. Kind of yeah. just doesn't even, doesn't even, he like, oh yeah, this is, this is the voiceover room. And we keep going. Wow. Everybody else kept going, but I stopped. Mm-hmm. I stopped yeah. dead in my tracks and I had to peek inside. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I so Something made you, you know, something was just like, it was almost like, like the si- yeah. like the siren call or something just yes like if yeah. they say you can hear the heavens open and the harps are playing or whatever mm-hmm. i had i had that moment wow. and I-, I swear to god i almost broke down and cried right then and there wow so Why? it was it was legit know. a lightning bolt moment for you like it was it, it, it was full on it was because they had the pictures on the wall of people that had had been in that room the people that were behind the voices that you that became the animated characters and i'm sitting there looking at these pictures and going magic was made in this room yeah i mean magic happens at disney all the time in many different ways but whatever it was about that i'm just like oh my god the hair legitimately stood up on my arms it's standing up on my like that's awesome It it was just that moment where I'm like, I need to know more about this. I need to know more about doing this. But you know, things in life, they don't always play out the way you expect. You can't go and script your life. If we could, right, right, we'd all be millionaires living in giant houses with, you know, Lamborghinis, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have one. Don't need one. (laughs) (laughs) My son thinks that I do because he watches too many YouTube videos. He's like, that YouTuber has a Lamborghini and that one has a Lamborghini and that one has a Lamborghini. You get a Lamborghini. Where's yours? Where's mine? I'm like, you can become a YouTuber and you can buy mommy one. Good for you. There you go. (laughs) So um, anyway, so I'm kind of like, you know, I have to look at, you know, I have to look into this more, but then you get back to real life. You get back into Mm -hmm. your job. Now, Jobs that I have had up until that point, I worked for um, a tourist attraction in Forest Park, Mm -hmm. uh, which if you live in the St. Louis area, I guarantee that most people have been to. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked for there for 10 years. Um, while, while I was there, interestingly enough, I was in charge of people that were reading copy Mm. and I was meant, and I was writing copy. I was in charge of getting people to read copy and making sure that it was read well. Mm-hmm. I was doing voiceover prompts for this particular uh, location. Nice. I was doing all these things in the voiceover world, not knowing that it was really voiceover, but I was using my voice, right? Mm-hmm. Then I left there and I worked for a large financial institution downtown, which is where I had ultimately met my husband. And I worked for the chief economist 
right. of this location. And one of the things that I did as the assistant to the chief economist is that not only would I help him write his economic reports, there were occasions where he was so busy, maybe he was on TV, they mm -hmm. had a radio station that went out to all the brokers across the globe where uh -huh. the economic forecasts for the week needed to be read, kind of like reading the news. So if yeah. he couldn't go because he was on MSNBC or whatever, mm -hmm. Christina, I need you to go in the, to the radio station and read this. Okay. <laughs> so wow. Nice. <laughs> and then I started doing that enough. So they're like, you know, we have this continuing education stuff. Do you, would you mind being our uh, person to read uh, this uh, continuing ed stuff for our corporate clients? Sure, mm -hmm. I'll do it. La -dee 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 -dee. So here's all these instances where I was doing voiceovers, you know, and I'm like yeah. not thinking anything of it because it was part of my regular job. Then I had right. this moment down in Florida and then I go, hmm, there's something there, right? There's mm -hmm. something there. So yeah. my journey began a lot like yours insofar as I started doing the research. Where can I go to learn? Where mm -hmm. around here in particular? And what I learned back then, which was many, many years ago, and I'll say so many years ago, right. um, there wasn't a whole lot of information. And the information that was out there, oh boy, you had to take it with, with a grain of salt. You couldn't trust mm -hmm. half the stuff that was on the internet. You can't today either. But yeah. I'd say it's better. People are more willing to share information than they used to be. But mm -hmm. I really, really was wanting somewhere that was honest and trustworthy and that I knew was going to give me the education um, and the stepping stone that I needed within this business. And that's how I too found Clayton Studios. And I also studied under Jim Singer, which by the way, Jim Singer is adorable. I love Jim Singer. He's my big squishy teddy bear teacher. He has a, <laughs> he has a bristly side. I will say that. So if you ever study under Jim Singer, just know mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> there, is, there is that side. So Anyway, um, yeah, so I studied there and, you know, they give you the basic tools that you need, but they also caution you and they say, you know what, this is just the start. Yeah. A lot of this is going to be on you. You mm -hmm. have to put yourself out there. People yeah. can't know to hire you if they don't know that you exist. And you have yes. to get out there and you have to market yourself and you can't mm -hmm. be afraid of interacting with people. You have to um, invest time in yourself to practice. They also are huge advocates of taking acting classes and improvisational classes, mm -hmm. which you absolutely should do. Because yeah. in the world of voiceover, it's, you can, how, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, hey, do you think I should do voiceovers? I've been told I have a great voice. My response is, that's nice. Kind yeah. of like uh, Mrs. Brown from Mrs. Brown's Boys, who I'm a huge fan of that show from the B on the BBC. Mm -hmm. uh, that's oh, nice. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. So yes, you can have a nice voice. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. But can you act? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. You can yeah. have a nice voice any day of the week and that voice might get you in the door. Mm -hmm. But if you can't act, you're not going to book the job. Yeah. And that's a Absolutely. huge difference huge difference yeah, yeah I, so, I basically just kind of did like a reverse kind of thing because i started out with acting i started out in the, you know like i got my um my undergrad degree in theater and so i had that sort of acting background and then you know been able to kind of work with that as i made the transition over here yeah i mean acting is so important now i while I went to school, I went to St. Louis University and mm -hmm. I took, um, I thought I was going to follow in my brother's footsteps. I thought I was going to get into animation like him. And so I started down the figure drawing and then I got into stage design, um, breaking down scripts and things like that too. And oh, I'm nice. like, yeah, I, I like it. Um, I, I understand it, but there was something more that I wanted and I never knew then what it was. I'm like, it's great, I can do these things, but there's something missing. There's something yeah. missing. And then mm -hmm. when I found voiceover, I realized what it was, but I did have exposure to the acting part of it. And I also have to thank my family too, having grown up with those three brothers and, and later the younger sister. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, I always had to keep up with them and they were always goofing around. And so I had to act to be one of the guys. 
Like I yeah. wanted to fit in with my brothers, right? You, mm -hmm. your real life experiences really do form you as an adult. <laughs> so yeah. while I didn't have formal acting classes, I had acting and practice, which I mm -hmm. didn't realize at the time either. But, yeah. you know, once you start down the voiceover journey, yes, you do have to have the acting classes. You do need to invest in that. Mm -hmm. um, if you hadn't up until that point, you should, because this is my motto, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you don't, you're not going to go far. You really have to get outside of your own head and yeah. just try new things and not be afraid to fail. And yeah. that's what stops people so often. They are so afraid to fail that they don't even start. They don't even go out the door. They're just like, yeah, no. Yeah, because they you still they, they still they can it. still hold on they can still hold on to that dream of yeah. wanting to do it. But as soon as they go out and fail at it, then all of a sudden like that dream is shot. So yeah. yeah. And and you know, I I tell my students, um, there is a comic strip that I was shown many, many years ago. And it's two it's two miners um mm -hmm. mining for gold, one on, on the top tunnel and one on a bottom tunnel. And they'd been there, like there was a calendar with days marked off, like how many days they've been digging this tunnel. Yeah. And the one guy said, you know what? I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. I haven't found enough. I haven't found anything. It's, it's mm -hmm. not worth it. I quit. He packed up his stuff and he's leaving. The right. guy in the bottom tunnel goes, you know what? I'm tired. I want to see my family. I'm exhausted. But you know what? I just want to give it one more swing, one more try. Mm -hmm. And sure yeah. enough, he strikes gold. You never know when that moment's going to hit. And you just have yeah. to have the inner strength to persevere, to get you through the hard moments for the payoff. It will come. Mm -hmm. Patience and perseverance in this business are huge. You yeah. have to be willing to invest in yourself and take the time, take the good with the bad. Because this mm -hmm. road is not easy. And like I said, just because you have a good voice, that's great. That's nice. But, right. you know, there's a lot more to it than that. Absolutely. It, it kind of reminds me of there was, um, there was an, uh, a voice artist, I think it was Richard Hurwitz, um, who is on that same documentary, I Know That Voice. And he was talking about the, uh, the E! True Hollywood story court sort of uh, structure of things, how someone, you know, goes into a venue and then all of a sudden, like, they're, they're huge. And he said, like, well, wait a second. I want to know about those times when you just can't even get out of bed. What did you do then? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, like, that's, that's something that, you know, that's, uh, that's something that I really held on to. And that's really, you know, a big driving element for this show as a whole. Because yeah. I love to hear from, from people that are, that are, you know, that are not quite where they are yet, but they're, but they're on their way there. And so I feel like that is always something that's comforting to to allow for, you know, like so many people to hear that, you know, just like, look, you know, these, everyone is having their set, everyone has their setbacks, everyone has their, it's not just like this rocket ship, like all the way up to the top, there's going to be like a lot of, a lot of pain along the way. And the question oh. is like, can you persevere and get through that in order to make yes. it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Jim Singer, God bless mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Uh, two weeks, two weeks after the class was over. You know, mm -hmm. I had been, I had been practicing and I had been doing auditions and I called and I was bawling my eyes out. He goes, what's the matter with you? <laughs> this is his bristly <laughs> side coming up. Yeah. And I said, I haven't booked anything. What am I doing wrong? And then there was silence and it was kind of like this silence where, you know, he wanted to say, are you serious? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you really think you're going to leave this class and book something in two weeks? Um, mm -hmm. But I had that mentality. I'm like, I'm working hard. Why, why, is it not, why is it not landing? Why is, my, why is this work that I'm putting into it? I wanted instant gratification. Yeah. And it's just not realistic. It might happen for some people. It probably mm -hmm. has happened for some people. But for yeah. most, it's going to be a journey. And it's going to be an epic and long journey. Um, mm -hmm. So he laughed at me and he said, have you ever seen the ducks in the pond out in Forest Park? And I said, yep. And he said, have you seen them go under the water? And I said, yep. He goes, now the water kind of just flows off of their backs and they keep swimming. He's like, you got to be that duck. Those mm -hmm. jobs that you're not bo booking, that's the water. Let it run off your back and just keep going. 
Nice. It's a, good, it's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I told him, I've, t- I've told him since then, I'm like, you're my Yoda. Thank you for the advice, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know. I mean, having, uh, worked, having worked with Jim, you're like, I mean, I never experienced like, you know, like I never felt squishy with him, but at the same time, it's just like, I felt like um, he was definitely somebody who knew what, you know, like knew the kind of potential that people had and weren't just, um, weren't just doing it for the sake of, doing it or trying to get famous or whatever you know he can tell when someone is working he's willing to work with you um, yes and that's important you you really when you if you if you do all the listeners if you guys want to get into voiceover you need to find a coach Mm -hmm. that is going to work with you that's going to work with you as a person yeah and try to understand you as the person you don't want somebody that's just going to view you as another number or another student that's going to pay their bills okay, here's my structure, fill in the blanks and move forward. You know, eh. that was never the experience I had down at Clayton Studios. At Clayton Studios, you became part of the family. They -hmm. were invested in you as much as you had had invested in them. And I think that's for me personally, what set them apart. And even, and that's true to this day. Everybody Mm -hmm. that's down there gives a DAMN. They, They truly do. They want people to succeed. Even if you come in and just bring a video that you want you sent through duplication, they're going to put their, their all into it because they know that those moments, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're, when your child got married or the bat mitzvah that your kids had or whatever the case may be, they know that those moments are important to you and yeah. they view each person individually and want success and want things to be the best. And God love them for that. I think it's unique. I, yeah. I, I just feel that it is. I've worked with so many studios and they just, while they're not huge, mm-hmm. um, it's not a big place, but it's right. not the, it's not the building that makes the, the business. It's the people that make up the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about that and how they give back. And I don't know. I'm, I, I just, I've never had a bad thing to say about them. I love them to pieces down there. Yeah, I've I've had nothing but great experiences working, you know, like working with uh, with Clayton Studios, and um, you know they were always you know keeping me in mind. You know, like they've they've uh, they've sent me you know different emails and everything, just saying like, hey, this particular producer is looking for this sort of thing, and you know looking for, and you know, like calling me up and was like, can you do a Stallone impression? And I was like, yeah, kind of, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and so like oh, go go ahead and just like record it and send it over to us, and 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 I did that and they responded right away. It was like, you know, that's pretty good. And, and, you know, like I didn't get the, the gig, but at the same time it was, I was always grateful that they always kept me in mind about different things. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I know exactly what you mean, you know, by that, you know, like they're, they want, they want their people to succeed, especially the ones that are, that they can tell are willing to put in the work and put in the sacrifice and be in this for the long haul and not just give up when things are going rough. Yes. I mean, I said it so often too. I'm like, if I hadn't fallen in all the potholes that I fell into, mm-hmm. I'd never appreciate the successes that I had because yeah. I would have nothing to compare it to. So you have to have those failures in right. order to appreciate the successes. Yeah. So speaking of successes, what was it like when, you know, uh, you were talking about before how you were really, you know, in not in good spirits because the first two weeks went by and you didn't book anything. Mm -hmm. What was that feeling like when you did finally book something through that? What was that like? So I'm laughing because it was so ironic. That was literally two weeks after the class, two weeks in a day, two weeks Mm -hmm. in a day. I had auditioned for an animated series in the Netherlands and really? where, where if you're familiar with, um, Oh gosh, what is that show with the choo-choo trains? Oh my goodness. Tom, I'm blanking. Thomas, the, Thomas. Yes. Thomas, Thomas the tank that. engine. Yeah. Okay. So it was not Thomas, but it was a version of that for the Netherlands in a tugboat yard where oh. instead of trains, it was tugboats and they had a female tugboat yard captain, 
or whatever. I don't know, remember what her designation was right. that talked to the tugboats because the tugboats, ah. you know, had faces and they talked too. So mm -hmm. they needed a female. So they were yeah. coming at it from a different perspective. Instead of trains, it was tugboats. Instead of a, a male conductor, it was a female tugboat captain. Mm -hmm. That ended up being me. They booked wow. me. And I, and really? I, and I, oh my God, that moment. It's like, I got the, the, the shivers all over again. And then I just stood there and I just like started jumping in the middle of my living room. I'm like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh my God, I'm gonna, I booked an yeah. animated series. And mm -hmm. like we, we, this animated series became a video game and oh, you know, man, it, it was just, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And I became quite good friends with the gentleman, you know, that, yeah. that booked me and it, it, it's just like those moments where you just, you live for those moments. And anytime you hit, like, if once you get one of those, that's mm -hmm. what helps you. Like when you are putting yourself out there and things aren't going well, you have to go, I've done it before. I can do it again. I want to yeah. feel like that again. It's almost like a right. drug. Like I need that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I need that motivation, you know, but yeah. oh my God, that day was, I'll never forget it. It's like when but, I had my children, I'll never forget it. But unlike the drug, it's kind of like you get the high without getting the, you know, like ruining everything you are. It's actually like improving everything you are, you know, by giving yes. you that sort of experience. Like that's, that's so fabulous. That is, that is something that, you know, like that I would say is just like a huge dream of mine to be involved in a franchise like that, that grants for all these different, uh, these different possibilities. So, um, this is a bit, this one's a big question here now. Um, and this is something that I was even thinking of asking uh, before, but you know, the fact that you, you know, had your first gig as an animated series, that is what really kind of lends itself to what I was about to, what I was going to wait to ask, but now it just seems like the perfect time. One of the things that, uh, that everyone has been talking about, um, everyone who is in the business, everyone who's in voiceover, everyone who's voice actors for all these different series and everything, they always say the same thing. You need to be either living in New York or Los Angeles. You have to be on one of the coasts in order to be affluent in this, in this field. And I totally understand why, because that's where all the, that's where all the studios are. Mm -hmm. And so, but at the same time, the internet has kind of opened itself up to, a lot to create all these different opportunities that were not there before. So with this in mind, you know, like you had this animated series based out of the Netherlands and yeah. did you get that while you, you know, like you got that while you were in St. Louis, correct? Yes, I did. So it thinks you have to understand that you're, what you're pursuing, it depends, it depends on where you are. Like they mm -hmm. don't do things in the Netherlands the way they do here in the United States. They, yeah. I, I work for, I work for companies in Russia and China too. Mm. Um, especially in the video game realm. They don't, obviously I'm not going to grab a passport and go over to Russia to record because it wouldn't be economically feasible for me, nor it would be for them. So right. yes, in the, for those situations, we worked remotely. Now, mm -hmm. it's very true what you said, and I'm going to say leading up to the pandemic, where yeah. if you wanted to get into animation, and, and uh, let me throw in a caveat here, the world of animation is very different than the world of video games. Yeah. They seem like they would be the same, but they are entirely different worlds, and you have to come at them in two different ways. But mm -hmm. if we're talking purely the world of animation, yes. Yeah. It used to be that you had to be able to go in person to a live studio with uh, the other actors that might be on the cast, maybe at the same time, maybe individually, um, mm -hmm. be in person uh, for live directed sessions, and yeah. which would be, yes, you could be here in St. Louis and you could get booked for something in Los Angeles, but you would also be booking a ticket having to go get a hotel room, invest a mm -hmm. whole lot of time and, you know, during that production of being there or going back and forth, back and forth. That's mm -hmm. a lot of back and forth. It's just yeah. easier if you're on one of the coasts, wherever the production is happening. But I say leading up into the pandemic because I, 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 think, I think ultimately going forward, the pandemic has made us realize that there are other ways of doing business. Yeah. Uh, whereas we were already at kind of a tipping point in the world of voiceovers where, 
you know, yes, there's in-studio stuff, but then there's remote, you know, it can go either way. I think this is tipping it more in, yeah, you can work from home and you can get a good quality product, providing mm -hmm. that the person that's doing the work for you has a good sound um, yeah. as far as their equipment is concerned um, and, and their studio sound quality. Um, mm -hmm. So I think going forward, we might find more of that. So maybe that will open more opportunities. Mm -hmm. it's, hard, it's hard to say, but I think that ultimately, I don't think studios are going anywhere brick and yeah. mortar. Right. Um, but I think these studios in particular are more willing to maybe, and I'm saying maybe, because I can't mm -hmm. say for sure I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. I think having had to re work remotely with a lot of their actors during this mm -hmm. maybe gives a glimmer of hope for that opening up down the line. And I mm. still say maybe. Who's to right. say? But <laughs> yeah. that's where it seems like it's going anyway. Excellent. Excellent. So you had that that animation gig, which is just amazing. And then you said that uh, that it wound up becoming a video game on top of that. Now, you yes. said that they're, that they're t totally different worlds. First of all, how do they differ? So, you know, when you think of animation, what's the fall pack that people go to? They go back to what, Saturday morning cartoons and everybody yep. can do that way, cra crazy, wacky, goofy voice, right? Or yeah. they try to emulate, you know, a, a character that they hear. And, yeah. and that's fine. But that's, I guess there's two points I want to make to this. Mm -hmm. That kind of style if you mm -hmm. go on Disney Junior, if you go on Nickelodeon or Nick Kids or any of those, you'll find that the animation and the voices that are talking are not mm -hmm. that quirky, you know, stereotypical mad scientists or nerd or whatever. They're much yeah. different than that. Uh, like on Nickelodeon in particular, it's almost like you, you have to be the angst-ridden teenager. <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> and what does that sound like, you know, yeah. but, in, but in a relatable form. So mm -hmm. you have to know what is relevant and what's playing today. And the only way you could do that is like getting on the TV and tuning in and finding out what, what shows are trending and what am I hearing in the animation world? So yeah, it is animated, but yeah. it's a pulled back animation. It's not so in your face stereotypical the stereotypical vampire or the werewolf or the clown it's not any of those things yeah. and then how does that differ from video games if you want to book a video game mm -hmm. you would be better off going to the library and getting a book of william shakespeare plays and putting finding five of those in five different like you know uh, uh the soldier or whatever, and, and, and using those clips to put on a demo than you would be trying to copy, you know, maybe even something off the of Game of Thrones. You want yeah. something more like that rather than, you know, animated stuff. You want yeah. acting. You want mm -hmm. to feel the characters, right? Right. So, almost, like, almost like Clone Wars, you know, like how they're, yeah, how, yeah. how the dialogue is with that. Yeah. If you got, if if anyone wants to look up a great actress and she oh my gosh her resume is like the telephone book she's <laughs> she's amazing and I yeah. was a fangirl for her for mm -hmm. many years um, because she was the voice of Nancy Drew ah. the Nancy Drew video games mm -hmm. which I still love the Nancy Drew video games uh, right. but her name is Lonnie Manella um, mm -hmm. but if you if you look her up. I mean, her resume is just intense, the amount of yeah. video games that she's done. And she has a, like, I, I gosh, is it an eight octave range? I can't remember. But she's wow. got, like, she can go, she can sound anywhere from an infant all the way up to an elderly. You know, wow. she's got the whole gamut. She can do any of it. And it's just amazing. She blows me away yeah. with what she can do. And I... I just love her to pieces. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you really have to study the differences between animation and video games and what are the popular ones and what do they sound like and how are they different? You yeah. really do need to invest the time in to figure that out. So, uh, so to differentiate 
video games are all about the acting and mm -hmm. all about the emotion, yeah. right? And animation is just a, maybe a lighter version of that, mm -hmm. but there's still a, real, a reality to the characters these days. And mm -hmm. it's not, it's not over, overly done. Yeah. It's just not a thing anymore. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's so, that's so cool. So, um, so there are opportunities because that led to you doing a lot more, uh, some other video games as well, right? Oh my gosh. I've done so many video games. Um, yeah. What are some of your titles? Oh, um, one of them was called Contagion, mm -hmm. which God help us. Why do I have to, <laughs> why did I have to be <laughs> part of a video game called Contagion? Why should I be proud of that now? I don't know. Well, um, hopefully, the, hopefully this uh, everything that's happened will spurn people to just like, hey, look, contagion. You know, like, and all of a sudden they'll feel like they can relate. You know, just right. Well, you know, it it was kind of a zombie apocalyptic thing too, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. Where I got to be a survivor, and then I also had to die, and then I had to become oh, a, a a zombie. Uh, nice. So, I got to do both. And I got to tell you, some of the hardest work that you will get in voiceover business is video games. Yeah. Man, you have to die a hundred different ways. Like oh, imagine, yeah, being, yeah. imagine being a zombie. So my script was a PDF. Uh, it was a spreadsheet, a PDF spreadsheet version. And it said, here's the scene. These mm -hmm. are, and this is what's happening in the scene, and this is what we need you to do. So, for it being a human, it's easy. There are the words, and this is what's happening in the scene, and then you're going to repeat these words three, four, mm -hmm. five times in a row for each one of these lines. And they give you, you know, sheets of hundreds of lines that you have to say because they have to be able to take them out and plug and play wherever they feel necessary. So, each mm -hmm. line has to live on its own. But with a zombie, the things that they would give you are like climbing, climbing over a fence getting yeah. hit by a car, you know, and, and things like that. So how do you, when a zombie can't speak words, how do mm -hmm. you get hit by a car? <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what does that sound like? So that's where the acting comes into play. You have to go, all right, uh, put on my zombie shoes and let's go. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, and so I'm in there and I'm doing this stuff and we did the human stuff first. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got to the zombie stuff, I mean, we were hours into the session. I mean, yeah. I was sweating, the room was hot, my voice was going out, and my engineer stopped me. He said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm good. He said, do you want a break? And I said, no, I think I can do some more. And he said, um, I want you to take a break. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> he said, go get a Kleenex. And I said, why? And he said, <laughs> I want you to, um, which we wouldn't do that these days, but I want you to spit into a Kleenex. And I said, why? He said, I just want to check something. And he had me spit into a Kleenex. And then I said, all right, why did I just do that? And he goes, I want to make sure that your throat's not bleeding. Oh. That's one of the dangers wow. that you encounter in this business. You can yeah. really throw out your voice. And I've done it. I'm it's recovering like what, from um, that now. So. It's like what uh, Neil Ross was saying in his, uh, in his autobiography, that, uh, that there are certain voices that he calls throat rippers. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, it's absolutely true. And, you know, you got to make sure that you're getting paid well enough for these jobs, because once you do one of those quote unquote throat rippers, you're mm -hmm. kind of out of commission and out of business for doing yeah. other stuff for a while until your voice has recovered. So, and like I said, I'm kind of in that zone right now. I just went through one of those. And so, um, you know, I'm on the upswing, you know, I got to keep my mm -hmm. I got to keep my voice in check to get it back to where it needs to be. So there is a recovery time with some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so as, so you have this series and was it, um, was this basically like, uh, it's, it seems like, it seems like no one wants to be like the first one to give someone an opportunity, but as soon as that first one happens, that's mm -hmm. when things really start to kind of build. Is that the way it was with you? Did you just get like one after the other, after that, after uh, you were able to book this one? Yeah, it, it really did. Things really started falling into place. And here's what I discovered. If you yourself are likable, right, and you do a good job mm -hmm. and you're respectful of the people and their time, yeah, right, and you mm -hmm. give them a good quality product, like under promise, over deliver, yeah. and be respectful and businesslike 
and genuine and friendly. Those are the kind of people that get asked back to do more or nice. they might re refer you out to other people. So yeah. this gentleman that I did the, the, the animation stuff for and video games, he was friends with other people that did video games, right? Mm -hmm. And so yeah. he sent my name to these guys and I got another animated series um, mm -hmm. and I got a video game where I got to do Oh, it's a 1940s pinball game where I had to be the oh, pinup girl nice. having to go, ooh, that was fun. You know, something <laughs> like That's the great. I got to That's say, great. Like, where we I love it. Just awesome. It was like Marilyn Monroe-esque, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I love it. And so being, being that good business person and having a good package to present yourself with and having that resume of work underneath you Mm -hmm. will help you get more jobs it's not mm. they're not going to come crawling out of the woodwork but yeah. they there will be an opportunity here and an opportunity there and you just you know approach each of those with the same level of respect and work begets work and the yeah. bigger your resume the easier it's going to be and eventually all this work where you're having to you're chasing down the leads eventually there will be a point in time where the leads will start coming to you Mm -hmm. And I've, and I've had that and I'm grateful for it. And there's yeah. sometimes where I go, how did these people find me? I mean, I'm just like, really? <laughs> you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful for it. But I'm like, I really want to know like how, you know, and then you find out that they went through this casting process coast to coast yeah. and they couldn't find the, the voice that they wanted. And somebody just said, Hey, why don't you check out this? And then they get to you. And then they're like, that's what I want. And then they chase you down. And it's just like, they're finding me. I love yeah. this. That's awesome. You know, it nice. makes you feel good. You're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. That is so cool. That is exactly like what I've been, you know, hoping for, from you know, for myself. Like it, it's all about just kind of like getting that one connection, which is going to, you know, kind of start up everything. It's like very much like what I was telling you before when we were, um, before the, we were talking about the show and everything, it was, I was just mentioning how, like, I feel like there's so many, so many, uh, like different Lego bricks that are just like, that are put on the ground next to each other instead of stacking on top of each other. And so like, mm -hmm. that's kind of what I feel like. That's what I am really looking forward to doing, like figuring out what that thing is that's starting to start getting the bricks on top of each other and start actually getting the real momentum. So um, yes. And it seems like the best thing I'm doing right now is just putting out as much content as possible so that once something happens, then I have like all of this to as, as basically for them to look back on and say like, okay, this, this person's not just a one hit kind of person. Um, so, so with that, you know, like you're getting these sort of, you're getting these sort of opportunities and you're noticing that, you know, that things are really starting to take off. What was that, what was that sort of feeling like as you were just kind of like getting more and more opportunities like this? I, I will say it was like having my children, like yeah. when you have a child, there's like no other feeling like it, right? Mm -hmm. You love them and you love them unconditionally, even when they're bad, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so I... I guess I felt like the work that I was doing was like another child and I had to nurture it and I had to let it grow and yeah. see and be willing because you can't tell your child what to be when they grow up. Maybe you right. can, but I think that would mm -hmm. be a mistake. I think children need to make their own mistakes and find their own way. Mm -hmm. Likewise with the voiceover industry, you have to make mistakes and you have to find your own way. So I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like I had to nurture it and, and just let it explore and, it's, it's that kind of feeling. It's like another, it's another, another part of my life, another extension of myself. Yeah. So no other feeling quite like it. And I cannot imagine my life without this in it in some way, shape or form. My life journey is not a straight line. My right. voiceover journey is not a straight line. Whereas mm -hmm. when I went to school and I thought I was going to be an animator, then there was a, a shift and I, knew something was missing and I got on the voiceover journey and then I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to be a voice actor. Okay. Yeah. But then that became not only am I a voice actor, but it took offshoots from that. I became a voice coach. 
I -hmm. became a producer. I became a demo producer. I became a creative director. I, I, I wear so many hats now and I'm doing engineering and I'm just like, you know, the more I learn about the business and the more I, the, the way I see different bits and pieces of it work together, it makes mm-hmm. me crave more. It's like, I want to know all of the pieces yeah. because I feel more informed, which makes me more empowered, you know, in, mm-hmm. you know, as a voice actor or a producer or whatever, I want to know how these pieces fit together. Yeah. Um, I, I crave information and I, I'm going to go back to, I'm a geek. I mm-hmm. am as a child. I used to read the encyclopedia for fun. That's so oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I did. I fully admit it. My hands up in the air. I did it. I did it. I'm sorry. It's true. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries there. <laughs> so, um, so with, so with that in mind, like you said that you had, uh, you had gone from being a voiceover artist to a coach. Now, before we get over to that sort of transition, yeah. I'm curious, like, wh- are there specific, um, are there specific gigs that you did that you were just like, I so want, you know, like want as many people as possible to know about this, you know, like different, uh, different shows you were doing, different video games you were doing, were there specific ones that you really kind of hold up over the other ones? I, that is not, that is not who I am. So I, I am kind of that person that I go in, I do the work, I do the work to the best of my ability but mm-hmm. I'm not going to be that person that puts the billboard up that says, looking here, looking what I did. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just not me. Yeah. So I have done, and I'm grateful for all the work that I've done with commercials and TV and uh, video mm-hmm. games and all that stuff, but I don't go flashing billboard. Look, you have to see this. This is, so I'm, I'm that person too, that when people get together and take photos, I'm mm-hmm. the photographer I don't yeah. want to be in the photo. <laughs> I run the other way. Let me yeah. take the picture for you. <laughs> ah, so, okay. <laughs> hum, hum, humble. Yeah. Humble is the word. I'm uh, grateful and I'm humble. I am not showy and flashy. I'm just a, me. And yeah. I don't, and that's the thing too, I think that differentiates me from the next person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't let success guide who I am I'm -hmm. not gonna change who I am to be someone else if you don't like me that's fine that's Mm -hmm. cool I'm I'm good with that be honest with me but I'm not gonna change to make you like me Mm -hmm. (laughs) take it or leave it what you see is what you get you know absolutely yeah that's great yeah so um so it sounds like that was that that makes it very much like a kind of a seamless transition to go from you know, just being a voiceover artist and then being a voiceover artist and a voiceover and a vocal coach. So it's almost like you're already kind of like looking back at the people that are coming up after you and holding Mm -hmm. out your arm and just saying like, let's go. Let me, let me help you get over to this level. Yes, exactly. And so, and, and that's what I say when I first started out, there weren't a whole lot of avenues to pursue, to figure out what to do and how to do it and who to trust. Mm -hmm. and having been through that and knowing how painful and time-consuming that was yeah I wanted to be able to take my experiences in the business and make it easier for the next person Mm -hmm. and so I didn't become a coach right away I guess I would call myself I started out more as a mentor where Mm -hmm. people would say hey Christina what do you think about this and we'd sit down and we'd have lengthy conversations and they're like well do you teach and I'm like well, I can, you know, mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, I really, you know, let's, let's sit down. Would you mind helping me? Sure. And then you sit down and you help them guide them through a couple auditions. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Christina. You know, and then mm-hmm. those, in, just like in, when you're doing a voiceover gig, then those people start talking. Right. Yeah. And then word gets back to the people that need coaches and they're like, well, you know, I had a really good experience working with Christina. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, thank you for that. I, and I've had some of those come from some big studios on the coasts and stuff where I just yeah. go, me working with you on this got back to them. Wow. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and this is where I could put that billboard flashing thing up there, but I'm not going to do it. But just to right. say that if you name a studio in California, you might hit on it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you just go, who? Wow. 
okay, something's happening. Stars are aligning. Things are good, yeah. you know? And so, you know, for me as a coach, I guess my most important thing is, and I've told you this, mm-hmm. is that I take the time yeah. to sit down and explore the person whom I'm going to work with. Right. I want to know what makes them tick, mm-hmm. right? I need to know who they are because yeah. ultimately I have to grow that with them yeah, to get them to be the best them that they can be. Mm-hmm. When you set out to be a voice actor, you should not be setting out to be somebody else, even though you might be putting on characters. Mm-hmm. Y- you don't need to be the next, next um, uh, Tara Strong or June Foray or, right. or whatever the case may be, because those people already existed. Okay, yeah. good for you. You can do that impersonation. But what can you do? What's the yeah. best you that you can do? And the mm-hmm. only way to do that is to explore the person and their personality and bring that out in them. And that, to me, is, the, is of utmost importance. Like so many coaches out there are in it, you know, to just let's get in there. We'll do the demo, you know, write me a check. We're done. You know, mm-hmm. I had one, one coach in particular that I worked with. 45 minutes was almost $200 and you did not get 30 seconds longer you couldn't send an email because time is money. And this person's like, Nope, you're just another number. I want your pay. I want your check. Move move along. Wow. And I felt like, am I getting, Ugh. am I getting the nurturing that I need? No. So yeah. for me, I took that as that in that experience as like, you know, as coach, I'm not going to be that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invest myself into the person as much as they're investing in me. Yes. which is why I gel so well with Clayton studios because that's kind of how they were, you yeah. know? So uh, I just think, you know, serendipity it, it's where, where I ended up working and doing things for it. Just the like, what like mentalities um, worked out. Excellent. Excellent. With that in mind, as a coach, you know, like as someone who has all this, all this great experience, what would you say to someone who, you know, like, I mean, it's, you, you pretty much already kind of answered this, but I also just want to really kind of put the nail, put the nail on it when uh, someone comes up to you and just says that, you know, that they have always wanted to do this, that they've, you know, they, they believe that they have what it takes to, to get into this business. What sort of, uh, if you were to give them like, just like one little piece of advice, what would it be? Oh gosh, that's hard. One piece of advice. I have 10,000. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you the speech that I give them yeah. um, w- when they sit down. Cause we, we do before we even work together, we, we mm-hmm. do a consultation and I just say, look, when you come through this door, mm-hmm. I want you to be, uh, so maybe we'll boil the word down to honesty. Yeah. If I had to boil it down to one word, I need you to be as honest with me as I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you things that you might like, some that you might be eh, or you might hate. You Mm -hmm. might go out of this session crying. Mm. And I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm doing it to help you. So we will have an evaluation before we start the session. Mm -hmm. Then we'll have our session and we'll learn and we'll grow about each other together. Then when we wrap the session for the day, you be honest with me and tell me, how are you feeling? Yeah. What are your takeaways? Should we keep trudging forward? At never at any such time should you feel like you're locked in and you can't pull away. Like if you're not gelling with a coach, you shouldn't feel like you have to keep working with them. If it's not working, right. it's not working. And mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you if it's not working. We're either yeah. making progress, we're plateauing and we're staying the same, or we're regressing. If we're mm. regressing, we need to have a serious talk. Something's not right. It's either on yeah. my end, your end, or whatever. So mm-hmm. the honesty factor has to be there. And so yeah. I say, listen, if you're not ready for those conversations with me, then there's the door. You're free to mm-hmm. leave. I don't lock you in here. I'm not yeah. chaining you to the chair and saying that you into the microphone and saying that you have to be here. If, right. you're, if you're willing to accept that I'm going to give you the good, bad, and indifferent, then let's go, you know, and, and that's just the way they are. And that's what you'll find about me. I'm, I don't pull punches. It is what it is. I'm very nice. 
I, I don't think I'm evil and mean. Not um, at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> during, the just, during, the, during the times that we've interacted, I haven't, I haven't gotten evil or mean or anything from there. So, yeah. I mean, I, have, I, I can let out those sides on my home turf. But right. <laughs> that wasn't quiet. a dare, by the way. That wasn't a dare. So, right. so, <laughs> Sit down and eat your vegetables. No. It's like, you're not so tough. <laughs> like throwing no. a twig at Buckbeak or anything. You know, I'm not doing that. You know, just. No, I'm just, I'm just me and I'm just honest. And I think there's no reason for me to give you false hope mm-hmm. if things aren't going in that direction. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think honesty is an important word on both sides. Excellent. Excellent. And so, um, so where can, uh, where can my listeners find you on uh, social media? So um, I, I need to learn the, the new jazz in the social media world. My goodness. Uh, I don't do TikTok and I don't do right. Instagram, but mm-hmm. I am on Twitter. I am on Facebook. Uh, I have mm-hmm. a webpage. Um, uh, it's voicethatgirl.com. So www.voicethatgirl.com. So mm-hmm. you'll know you're in the right place if you come across posters that kind of remind you of Alfred Hitchcock. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. So nice. my website is kind of in that zone, movie posters and such. Yeah. Um, so it does, it does have a very cool vibe to it. So, yeah. It's... Thank, well, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I worked. I, I, when I first started out on the trying to brand myself, I went with the Oh, the that girl. Oh, I'm going to be, uh, is it Marlo Thomas and the, oh, yeah. or, or Marlo Nancy Thomas, Sinatra, yeah. you know, yep. one, one of those, one of those two with the flower power and, you know, boots and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I did that for a while and I'm like, yeah, but that's telling people that I'm only perky. I yeah. have others, I have other sides to me. Right. And I mm-hmm. needed to find what about me made me unique and different and my love of the movie industry and, you know, directors and producers in particular i needed to tap into that and right. so then that's kind of how that happened nice nice yeah i um i just definitely need to make sure that that all of our listeners you know like know to really just you know have the sort of passion have the sort of perseverance to really kind of make it not only in this business but also in in whatever business they choose and yeah. i real and i really hope that uh that this conversation has been as helpful to them as it was to me because um you know behind the scenes and everything we are hopefully going i'm looking forward to us working together on my own demos to really get you know get things going on that level um so hopefully we can actually get those lego bricks to start stacking on top of each other um so i can't thank you enough for being here and being just such a great uh, such a great guest as and I hope that this I'm looking forward to this being like the first of many great guests for the next 50 episodes of Excelsior Journeys. Uh, and so for Christina Smith, this is George Soroy saying to all of you, ever upward, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>